last week and today we're talking about tomorrow matters. Everybody say tomorrow matters. Uh, we, we've been talking about how God, want, God blesses you not just for you to be blessed. God never blesses you just so that you can be blessed. God always blesses you so that you can be a blessing. Whether that's dancing or whether that's singing or, or the, the instrumentalists that, that are in the band. God gives you gifts and talents that you're supposed to be using in the church to build up the kingdom of God because the church matters. In fact, I would argue over and over, I would argue, and I guess this is a good thing for a pastor to argue, I would argue this is the most important thing on the planet is the kingdom of God because nothing else is going to last, right? We, we're a part of a family that lasts beyond the grave. And so I'm going to encourage you and until I die, I'm going to encourage you that, that this matters and what we're doing here matters. And I think that this is one of the most, it, it is the most important thing that we could be doing on a Sunday morning is gathering to worship. Now today, I'm going to talk to you not just about the financial side of things. I want to talk to you about your investments of time. Time, I believe, is the most important asset that we have. And, and how we use it um, can either honor God or, or it can dishonor God. And see, the reason I say it's the most important asset is because if you run out of money, you can always make more money. And some of us prove that theory every month, right? We run out and then we go and make some more. We run out, we go and make some more. Um, you could lose your house and you could get another house, right? You could even lose friends and you could get more friends, but you cannot get more time. In fact, this is a biblical idea. It comes from Job. Job has just listened to one of his friends talk too long. Job responds to his friend. Then he talks to God and he says this to God in Job fourteen five: Our time is limited. He's talking to, the, to God the Father. You, God, have given us only so many months to live and have set limits we cannot go beyond. So the Bible says there is a limit to your time. When you bounce up against that limit, you're gone. You're gone. You're done. It's not like you have a bank account. You know, you can't, you can't accrue time like you do vacation time. You know, God says, oh, today's your day. Oh God, I got 14 more days of vacation stored up. You know, it's not like that. You use your time or you lose it. And, um, (laughs) we, we whine about time all the time, especially when people, I've seen so many people die on their deathbeds. Nobody on their deathbed ever says, man, I wish I'd have mowed a few more lawns. Man, I wish I'd have put on a few more roofs. So what you're going to say, George? Jeff working on electricity. Man, I wish I'd have, wish I'd have overseen some more people from Encore. Um, I don't know. Just <laughs> That's an inside joke. Nobody says those things, but people all the, all the time say, I wish I'd spent more time with my family. And it's not just at death that we, we whine about time. We whine about time all the time. And, and really what happens, you go to Walmart and somebody you hadn't seen in years. Now, like here, we see people all the time. So I see kids grow up. So it's not a shock when your kids grow up. You know, they're just growing up gradually. But you see somebody you hadn't seen in 10 years. For example, um, we used to be at Southside years ago. And people at Southside remember my kids when they left. I think Caleb was six, uh, Rachel was four, and, and Hannah was barely two at that time. And, and that's how they remember our kids. So now that Hannah's driving, they go, Hannah's driving? Where did the, where'd the time go? And, you know, you see somebody in the aisle, and you see this semi-adult there, and they go, hello. And you're not sure if they're, you know, John went through puberty again earlier. Um, you, you don't know if they, you say, who is this? Is this little Timmy? And you go, oh, where has the time gone? And really what you're saying is, where is my life gone? Because time equals your life. Now, if I were to ask you today, right now, 
If I were to ask you what time is it, now don't look, but if I were to ask you what time is it, everybody here could tell me the time. Either you got a watch or you got a, you got a uh, phone or something, but that's not the most important question today. The most important question I can ask you today is what are you doing with your time? Doesn't matter what time it is. It matters what are you doing with the time that God has given you. Uh, your time equals your life, and, and we are spending this life little by little. And so the question is, are you using this life wisely? For example, is it wise to be in church an hour every week? Is it wise to be involved in small groups where you're hanging out with people of God a couple hours every week? Is it wise for people to give up their Sunday morning to work back in the back with our children? It is if the kingdom of God matters. It, it, it is if, if what we're doing really is eternal, then it's wise for people to do those things. Your time matters to God. And that's why God said through the psalmist this, teach us how short our lives really are so that we may be wise. God keeps using that word wise. See, when you understand how short your life is, that you're spending your life, you begin to move towards wisdom. Now, I want you to be wise with your time, so I want you to pay attention today. If you, if you were here for our um, uh, principle of the path, you know, going through that, that whole series, you, you remember there are certain things that capture our attention. There are certain things we pay attention to, and generally, not always, the things that capture our attention are the things that are bad and, and that get, off, get us off the path, but the things we choose to pay attention to are the things that matter. I want you to pay attention to time today. And I've got five statements on your listening guide that will help you understand what to do with your time, how to be wise with your time. Number one is repeated investments of time in the right activities add up. Now, this isn't all that profound, but I think that some of you haven't thought about this. Repeated investments of time in the right activities add up. Easiest example is exercise, right? If you invest small amounts of time regularly over the next six months in exercise, would you have anything to show for it at the end of those six months? Would you notice if you exercise several times a week for the next six months? Yes. Everybody else would notice because you would, uh, your body would be changing and, and you would have good uh, results because you invested a little bit of time over a long period of time. And this goes for all kinds of activities. The band up here, the band spends hours and hours and hours that you never see practicing. You don't get good at any instrument without practicing. You don't get good at singing. In fact, when, when Rachel left for college, we added up how, how many hours she had served this church from the age of 12 until she went off to college just a few weeks ago, a few months ago. And it was over 2000 hours that Rachel had invested into our church over those six years that she'd been leading us in worship. Does that matter? I believe it does. It's, it's a big deal, but you know, the dance, these girls spend hours in dance every week when they were in gymnastics. Um, we would spend six, the girls would spend six to eight hours. Now we would do summer gymnastics. We would do fall gymnastics and they would go six to eight, sometimes 10 hours a week learning how to be a gymnast. And then they would do this through the summer, through the, the fall so that they could attend four gymnastics meets in, in the spring and, and be good and get to go to the next level and all that stuff. And, and, um, and we invested all this time. And the worst mistake I ever made was we, one of our first gymnastics meets that they both, um, were competing at. I took a video camera and I videoed it. That wasn't the mistake. The mistake was adding up how many minutes I filmed compared to how many hours we were there. We had two different sessions. So we were there for eight hours and my girls were actually performing for seven minutes out of those eight hours. And I was like, wow, that's a, that's a lot of investment. 
golf, swimming. Uh, by the way, how much time do you think um, Michael Phelps spent training so that he could win his 28 medals, 23 gold medals? You ought to look up his schedule sometime. He had no life other than being in the water and sleeping and eating. Those are the things he did so that he could be the the greatest Olympic champion of all time. The point is you don't get good at anything unless you make small investments of time over a long period of time that adds up to tremendous value. But let me also say there's very little value in one segment of time. What will it hurt if I miss one workout over six months? Is that going to kill me? No. What if I go off my diet one time in a six month span? Is that going to kill me? No. The real value of diet or exercise is, is those small repeated investments of time over a long period of time. That's the wise thing. Consistency is what makes this work. Now, apply this idea to your family. Let's say that, that over the next year, you decide to have dinner or breakfast, lunch, whatever, a meal sitting around the table three, four, five times a week. If you did that every week for one year, do you think you would have anything to show for it at the end of that year? Yes, much deeper relationships. Every time we sit around the table, we end up talking, we end up laughing. Our relationships deepen every time we do that. But the opposite of that is what, what is it going to hurt if I miss one meal with my family? Is my family going to fall apart? No. What if, what if, um, what if I have one meal over the next year with my family instead of three or four or five a week? What if I have one meal? Is that going to have a lot of value? No. What if you go to church once a year? Is that going to have a lot of value for you? What if you go to church once a month? Is that going to have a lot of value for you? It'll have some, but not, not as much as God wants you to have. Scripture is very clear. It says that we are supposed to, it says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. This is the assembling of ourselves together once a week. He says, as is this, the habit of some. Some people are in the habit of not going to church. I'm not trying to guilt anyone today. I'm just telling you the scripture says this matters. We're supposed to be together regularly. And if you do that over months and months and years and years, you will have value added to your life by your heavenly father. Um, it's the small, consistent deposits of time that, that produce huge benefits. Janie and I would be in church whether I was on staff or not because we believe this is what we should do. My mom actually played the piano or the organ for 73 of her 87 years of this life. And so when she would come see us, you know, we were 500 miles from our hometown. Mom would leave many times on Saturdays before I became a preacher. Then she thought it was okay to stay to church if her son was preaching. But when I was just a youth minister, mom wouldn't stay and go to church with us because I got to get back home. I got to play the piano. I got to play the organ. They, I got to be back serving in my church. And mom has, has ingrained that in me. And I want my children to have that as well. Now, we just believe that, that it's important to be here, but to do small groups, um, we, we spend two hours a week in small groups. Why? Because we think, we think it's important to go to a deeper level than just seeing everybody on Sunday morning. I love seeing you on Sunday morning. I'll say hi to you. I try to greet everybody. I don't get everybody because not everybody gets in here, um, early. Some people come in late, uh, but anyway, um, we won't call any names. Uh, I try to say hi to everybody, but, but just saying hi to you is not fellowship. Fellowship, like the scripture talks about, takes time. And deep fellowship takes repeated investments of time over a long period of time, and then you become tight. If we miss one time, will it kill us? No. If I miss my small group one time, will it destroy the small group? No. But, but Janie and I think it's, it's necessary because when we look back at our closest friendships, our closest friendships on the planet always involve church and small group. Because in those instances, you go deeper than just the surface level of, of being a friend. 
consistent deposits of time left us with rich and deep relationships that we consider closer than family. Especially now that mom and dad are gone. If, if something happens, there are, pe- there are people in this church and there are people that we've worked with in other churches that we would call before we would call family. And they would drop everything to help us. How do I know I've seen it? Mom and dad and sis died. People, people came out of the woodwork to help us. And, and even the church took up an offering to help us because we had to, to go. And anyway, it's, it's, that's the value of having a spiritual family. That's one of the things that people miss when they're not here regularly. So repeated investments of time in the right activities have huge value over time. Second thing is the world will not end if I skip one time. Right? Neglect your health for one day. Nothing's going to happen. Miss your Bible study one day. Not much is going to happen. Miss dinner one time with the family. Your family won't fall apart. If you sleep in on a Sunday morning, the church isn't going to close its doors. If you, if you don't give your tithe one time, the church is, you know, we're not going to collapse financially. If you skip work one Friday, more than likely you're going to have a job on Monday. But be very careful. Because when you neglect one installment of time, that's, that's not a big deal. When you neglect several installments of time, you have started down a path that leads you away from where you want to be. If you want to be a fully devoted follower of Christ, when you neglect the, the things that, that are important, that's because number three, neglect adds up. So small investments of time in the right things add up to huge value. Neglect also adds up, but it's not value that's added. Neglect your yard for six months and what do you do? You call me. This happens all the time. My mower won't handle this. Can you come mow? And I'm like, yeah, it's going to cost you a lot of money. When I can't see my mower, I got a big commercial mower. If I can't see my mower in your front yard, you're going to pay. Right? Neglect your car for a year. Does it magically run better? (laughs) Yeah. If you neglect your health for one year, does that help? Neglect your, your marriage or your family for one year. Will anybody notice? Everybody will notice. There are consequences to show for your neglect. Now, here's the, here's the thing that, that I want you to think about. Number four is urgent things, right? So urgent things are what distract us from what matters, from what's really important, urgent. Jesus was never compelled by the urgent. Even, even when he heard that Lazarus, his good friend, was sick, Jesus stayed where he was four days before he went. He wasn't controlled by the urgent. Urgent things that distract us from what is most important have no lasting value. I was looking back through some old notes the other day, and and I found out that Janie and I joined the Y a second time um, in 2007. We joined back when we were at Southside when we started this church. We couldn't afford the Y. Uh, We couldn't afford to walk to the the mailbox. But um, when we started this church, 2007, we, we joined the Y and we joined in January. And so we had to go through the little tour and they tell you when, when you join the Y that the average New Year's resolution for somebody to work out lasts until March, right? So people come in, they're gung-ho until March and then they quit. Well, we made it to May and we thought, man, we're doing good. Well, then May happened and all kinds of stuff went on and we dropped out for several months. The first five months of the year, we were rocking and rolling. We felt good. We were in great shape. And then about three months later, all of that value was gone because we neglected it. And, and here's what I want to ask. I ask myself, but I ask you, what is the value of all the things that I did instead of going to the YMCA to work out? 
Because sometimes I just watch TV. What is the value of binge watching something on Netflix compared to the value of exercising? What is the value of me being on Facebook and scrolling through Facebook and saying, I just don't feel like working out today, so I'm going to stay on Facebook. You understand? What I'm saying is, if you add up all the things I did instead of going to the YMCA, you have zero. And that's what I'm talking about. If you invest in the right things, you have value. If you invest in the wrong things, your time, you have nothing. What is, what is the value of, of what a college freshman does instead of studying for their tests? All those things. Party zero. It's not a diploma. Add up all the stuff you did instead of doing the right things, the important things, and what do you have? Nothing. Now, all of us here have made foolish decisions, right? But did you know there's a way to make wise decisions? Do you know how you do that consistently? You spend little amounts of time consistently over several months, over several years with God. And you know what the result is? The Bible says you become wise when you hang out with God. And some people say, nobody ever told me that. Well, yeah, God did. It's in Proverbs 9, 10. Look what it says. Wisdom begins with respect for the Lord and understanding begins with knowing the Holy One. Now, not only does wisdom and respect begin with God, look at the next verse. Proverbs 21, 30, there is no wisdom, understanding, or advice that can can succeed against the Lord. How often have you made decisions without consulting God? All the time, right? And the thing that amazes me, and I think it amazes your heavenly father, is we get mad when we don't consult God, then make decisions, and we say, God, how could you lead me this way? And God says, don't be putting that stuff on me. I'm sorry, I talk in movies all the time. That just makes me think of that. Don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Right? Don't you be putting that on me. That's what your Heavenly Father says. Don't you put it on Him when you didn't consult Him before you made those decisions. Why has God done this to me? He didn't. You did it. If you want to be wise, spend small amounts of time with God on a consistent basis over a long time. Now, your, your time can't be saved. We talked about that. It's been spent, so your past we can't do much about. The question is, did you invest it wisely? There's a tremendous amount of value that God adds to your life when you meet regularly with his people. But what is the value of those things you did instead of meeting with God's people? Add them up. And just talk to God about that. In January, we're starting three um, small groups on Sunday nights. And, and if you can't come on Sunday night and, and you want to do one of these small groups, either do it on your own or start one. And we'll help you start one. But we're offering three things. One is, because here are the greatest needs that I hear about in our church. One is, we are stressed financially. Well, we're offering Financial Peace University. It's the best one that I know of. How many of you have taken FPU? See your hands. Any of you have taken FPU, would you, would you recommend that someone else take it? Yes, absolutely. If you follow the principles, follow the principles, you will be successful. So it's a nine-week course, and we're going to offer it again in the fall because some people want to take several of these things. The number one need that people talk about is either we have marital stress or financial stress. We're going to address two of those with our small groups. Financial Peace University, nine weeks, costs 90 bucks. And every time we do it, somebody says, $90, that's too much. I'm in financial stress. Don't you understand? I can't understand. I can't, I can't afford 90 bucks. With all due respect, that's a load of manure. 
And let me tell you why I can say that. Because if you, if your car broke down and it cost $90 to get it fixed, you know what you would magically come up with? $90. Let me give you one better than that. If you found out that your favorite group, whether it's rock and roll or country western, whatever it is, was going to be at the oil palace and it cost 90 bucks, you know what you would magically come up with? $90. You're going to get more value out of that if you go to FPU. Some people are going to choose to do that. And after nine weeks, they're going to have tremendous value added to their life. The question is, what's going to be the value of those things you choose not to? you choose to do instead of going to FPU. We're going to do a 13-week marriage study called Love and Respect because every time I do premarital counseling, every time I do a wedding, I read Ephesians chapter 5, and I think it's verse 15 through 31. Because in that it says, the number one need that women have is for men to love them like Christ loves the church. So the number one need that a woman has is, is sacrificial, unconditional love. When we do that, guys, our wives don't have any problem following us. There's no problem with submission when we love them like Christ loved the church. Then the last verse of that passage says, wives, respect your husbands. Guys need unconditional respect because we do not believe you love us if you don't respect us. That goes for children. It goes for, for peers. If you don't respect us, I don't care what you say. You don't love us. So you got to figure out how to respect your husband unconditionally. We're going to learn that over 13 weeks. And and some of you are going to come to that and your marriages are going to be miraculously healed. And you learn how God put us together and showed us what to do. Some of you are going to choose not to do it. And I'm going to ask you right now to pay attention to the value of the things you choose to do instead of coming to that marriage class. And then the the other need is a lot of people say, man, I I just want Bible study. I want to know how does God speak? I want to understand God's will. (laughs) 95% of God's will for you is right here. I did not find in Proverbs, Mary Janie Gardner. But all the principles about keeping myself pure. All the principles about study God's word, spend time in God's word, follow God with all your heart, and then chase a woman who has those same ideals. That's all in here. So as I followed God and as Janie gave her life to God, God brought us back together. We'd been together and and we broke up. When we both said, God, we're sick of doing this our way. We want to do it your way. That's when God brought us back together. So we're going to do this study called Experiencing God, the best study I've ever done on understanding how God works, where he's working, how he asks you to join him in his work. You want to understand God's will. You want to go deeper. You do this study. Three three of the best studies I know of we're going to offer in, in January. We're going to turn around and offer them again in the fall because there's several people who said, I want to go to all three of them. Well, we'll just keep offering them until everybody goes through them. Because if, if those are your needs, financials, if you're under financial stress, if you're under marital stress, or if you just want to go deeper with God, we've got three options for you. And you spend a little bit of time over nine or 13 weeks, you will have tremendous value in your walk with Christ. You'll have tremendous value in your bank account. You'll have tremendous value in your relationship with your spouse and with your family. If you make just small investments of time regularly over time. Number five. This is really, this is really what you need to understand today. When it comes to the most important things, you cannot make up for lost time. 
when I was in college, uh, I was a, I was a good student, but I was a procrastinating student. So like I was a good memorizer and, and I would just memorize whatever the, they said was on the test. If they gave, they, they gave me notes, I would memorize my notes. I, just, I could memorize, but it would take me a few hours to memorize. And I would, I would leave however many hours I thought I would need the night before the test. If I needed six hours, I'd leave six hours and I'd memorize everything. And then I'd go in, I'd regurgitate it. And about 30 minutes later, I would forget it all, but I would get my good grades. If I had to do a research paper, I would do whatever the bare minimum was. Cause you know, you'd have to give a theme and they'd have to approve the theme. And then you'd do note cards. This was back in the old day. We do note cards, those little three by five note cards. And you'd have to do those, your research and turn those in. I would do the bare minimum. And I would always leave one weekend before the paper was due. If it's due on Monday, if it's due on Friday, whatever, I'd leave this weekend. And I mean, weekend, I would come home from class. Usually my classes were done by noon and I would start at 1230 and I would have no dose and I would have pots of coffee and I would go almost not stop for 36, 48 hours, however long it took to write that research paper. Because back then you didn't have this little thing where you could type it and you could edit. You had to write it out. And then if you couldn't type, you had to find somebody to type it for you in the correct form. And so I would leave however many hours it would take. I'd say, what is, when do I have to get this to you? If I'm going to turn in at 10 AM on Monday, and sometimes they'd say, well, I, I need it by 6 AM on Monday. And whatever it was, I would get that there. And I would turn in this piece of junk paper, but I would get a decent grade on it. In the things that are really important in your life, I'm not saying college isn't really important. I'm just saying I don't remember any of those research papers. In the things that are really important, you can't cram. You cannot cram for a neglected spouse. One weekend, no matter how romantic it is, will never make up for a year of neglect. The things that are really important, your relationship with Christ. You can't, you can't go to one weekend retreat and come back and just be on a new, I mean, you can make one step towards God, but you're not going to be at a deep level with God over one weekend. You've got to make consistent investments of time. Relationships are built on that. And we're neglecting too many of our relationships and that's why they're suffering. Now you can't do anything about your past. You can do something about your future, but that's, that's an investment in the future. I want you to make a good investment in the future. Your loving father has given you everything you need to succeed in all those areas, financially, relationally, uh, deepening your relationship with him spiritually. He's given you what you need, but we neglect it. Here's what your loving heavenly father says about your time in Ephesians chapter five. So be very careful how you live. Do not live like those who are not wise, but live wisely. Man, he uses that word all the time. It is possible to be wise, but only when you spend a lot of time with God. Look what verse 16 says. Use every chance you have for doing good because these are evil times. Use every chance literally means redeem your time. It means squeeze every amount of value out of your time right now. Why? Because the days are evil. Why? Because tomorrow matters and you're not going to have the relationships you want tomorrow unless you start today. Verse 17, he says, do not be foolish, but learn what God wants you to do. It is possible to learn God's will. Wise people do that. Unwise people don't. Unwise people miss the daily, weekly, monthly opportunities to invest 20 to 30 minutes of time in the right things. They just totally miss it. And they also miss out on the lasting value of doing those things. You see, most of you didn't have the right people making investments into your life when you made the worst decisions of your life. And in all honesty, many of you are making the same decisions today because you still don't have the right people making investments into your life. You're just repeating a cycle. The best relationships 
result from doing the right things over and over and over again for years and years and years. So in light of today's talk, what are you doing with your time? How are you investing your time? What do you need to stop doing? Not because it's a bad thing, but because it's distracting you from what's most important. You see, we always get to this point in the service and, and it's not so much, I told the first service, they, they don't really do this that much. But in here, you're, 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 you get a rumbly and you're tumbly. And people start trying to, trying to check the time without me noticing. The important question isn't what time is it? It's what are you doing with your time? You see, some things you're doing, they're not necessarily wrong. They're just not necessary. There's four words on your listening guide today, an application section for you to take with you. You have a choice today about how you're going to be tomorrow, physically, relationally, financially, spiritually. I can tell you what you can do in January, at least three of those. Relationally, take the love and respect. And by the way, if if you think there's ever a chance you might be married, you should take the love and respect if you want to be married again and, and succeed, you need to take the love and respect. One of the best things you'll ever discover. So there's one thing you can do. If you need some help spiritually, experiencing God. If you need some help financially, FPU, we, we can help you out. And some of you right now, you're already making choices about what you're going to do in January. And so my caution is you just pay attention. And add up all the things you do instead of spending time with God, instead of spending time with God's people, and pay attention to how much value you have at the end of those weeks and months. Would you bow your heads for a moment? Father, there's an enemy that knows us ourselves, and we, we are so foolish. And we allow him to distract us, and he laughs. Because we keep doing the same things over and over financially, spiritually, relationally. And then we wonder why we're nowhere near happy. We wonder why we're not fulfilled in life. It's because we're not doing life according to your word. Teach us to be wise. Because these days aren't getting any less evil. God, raise up up some people who will say, I'm not going to watch TV instead of paying attention to my family. I'm not going to be on Facebook instead of paying attention to my family. I'm not going to let my health go by the wayside just so I can do some things that have no lasting value. Help us today to make some choices that impact tomorrow. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.